Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are here for part two of Rule and Cameron, A Memphis Love Story. And we are on day 29. Two more days and I will have completed this crazy challenge I set up for myself. And I think I might do it again. Anyway, let's jump into the book. There is a consistent knock on Mama Brenda's door. And, you know, it's the knock you never want to hear in the middle of the night. So she calmly opens the door, you know, trying to brace herself. And there's Rule in blood-drenched clothes, red and puffy eyes, tear-stained cheeks. And she doesn't know what to say for a second. And Rule just keeps repeating, I'm sorry. And he kneels down in front of her, you know, he's crying. And Mama Brenda asks, you know, what's wrong? Where's Cameron? Where's my baby? He didn't answer. It was as if, oh, excuse me. It was as if he couldn't. Brenda sat on the concrete of her porch in her pajamas and took Rule into her arms. And when he finally stopped trembling and his breathing returned to normal, she asked again, baby, where's my baby? Diana wakes up in pain and she lifts the top of her body to stare at the bloody bandages covering her knees. She hears a man ask her, how does she sleep? But she ignores him and lays back down, asking, why am I not dead? Do you know what you've done? Power asks with a crack in his voice. And she says Rule was never supposed to be hurt. Rule hurts when Cameron hurts. And when he hurts, I hurt. So you're not dead because you don't deserve to die. Yet. At least not this easily. Who do you have watching my parents and Cameron's mother? Is there anyone at my house right now? They're probably already gone. They were supposed to leave at midnight if they didn't hear from me or Marcel. Marcel. Is he? I didn't really want him. I didn't really want to kill him. I was just mad. You didn't kill him, did you? And it's like, girl, what are you talking about? Of course that nigga's dead. You pulled out your gun on him and everybody else pulled their gun. He got a shot to the head. Girl, he is gone. And what do you mean you just mad? So you just pull guns when you mad? And that's just supposed to explain everything away? You literally make no sense. And Power tells her, I put a bullet through his head. You should have known that would happen. So I need the names of everyone involved. Anyone who had a hand in trying to bring Rule and Cameron down starting with the people who were sitting outside my house. How long are you keeping me here? I'm saving you for Cam. Cameron is woken up by the beeping of the monitors and the machines in her hospital room, and she can feel both of her hands being held, and she smiles because she knows who's holding them. Her right hand is being held by her mom, and her left hand is being held by Rule. So when she opens her eyes and they land on Elle, you know, Elle screams she's awake. And her mom and Rule, they both release her hands. And Mama Brenda, you know, hugs her. She's kissing all over her face. But Rule takes a step back away from her. And he tells 
because her mom asked what happened. So he's like, you know, it was all my fault. And I promise I'll remove myself from her life to make sure this never happens again. But can I just have a few moments alone with her? And everybody's eyes goes to Cameron's heart monitor because it begins to race. Her heartbeats go from 70 to 90 at the sound of his words. And, you know, she's like, what? Remove yourself from my life. What are you talking about? And they're trying to get her to calm down. But it's like, no, what are you like? What are you talking about? So once again, he asks everybody to leave out the room so he can talk to her. And he apologizes saying, you know, I promised your mother I would protect and preserve you. And I failed her. I failed you. I'm so sorry. And it's like, nigga, I just jumped in front of a bullet for you. That's how much I love you. And you're walking out on me. And she tells him, you know, I chose to jump in front of that bullet. And that pisses him off all over again because he's like, why the fuck would you even do that? Do you know how scared I was? I thought I lost you. Do you know how much that shit hurts? You said you loved me. And I love you too. It just seemed like the only thing for me to do. I couldn't lose you. And you think I wanted to lose you? You can't value me that much, Cameron. And that was like a shot in the heart to me. Because it's just like, I do love you that much though. And I know people probably won't agree, but it's just like, you got me to open up to you. I bared my soul to you. And I, f what did he say? I rose in love with you. And then you, you can just turn away from me like this. But anyway, so she asked, you know, would you have done the same for me in a heartbeat? So what is the difference then, Rue? I'm the man. It's my job to protect you, not the other way around. I failed you. I couldn't do one of the main things that makes me a man, protect you. I don't deserve you, Cameron. And it's like, nigga, you can have this pity party by your damn self. I'm not doing this. But he says, you know, I promise to be with you while you heal. But after that, and it's like, what is that? So you basically saying like you're going to leave in the end. So she's like, you know, say it. Say you want to leave me. I don't want to leave you. I have to leave you. I don't deserve you if I can't be the man you need. And you know our girl Cam. That's not good for her. That's her main fear of being left. And that's exactly what you're doing, Rule. And you think she's just going to like accept this? Like this wouldn't be hard for her? But, you know, she says, if you want to leave, just leave. And she starts crying. And he tries to wipe her face, but she pushes him away. Like, don't, no, you don't get to do that. Leave. You said you wanted to leave, but don't wait it out. Leave right now. And he says, I'm sorry, forgive me. And she tells him, you know, I don't have to forgive you for me being in the hospital because I made that decision. But what I will never forgive you for is leaving me after you promised that you never would. I'm sorry, baby. I love you. And this nigga actually walks out the room. Man, I swear, as soon as I got better, I'd go shoot that nigga. Because it's like, are you for real? You really going to do this to me? Okay. And nigga, I'm telling you, I said this before. 
and I think my friends think I, w I was being morbid, but that's why I snapped and like the ID channel, they will never go out of business. It's like, nigga, why did I kill you? Because you play with my emotions. That's why. But anyway, Cam isn't eating and you really can't blame her because it's like, first of all, I got shot. So she's probably in pain. And then my nigga just left me like, I don't want this damn food. But Elle tells her, you know, you need to eat. You need your strength. The stronger you are, the quicker they'll let you out of here. But, you know, Cameron just picks over her food. And Elle says, do I need to call Rule? And Elle would have got cussed out right there. I'm like, first of all, Rule is not my damn daddy. He can't do shit for me. And that nigga walked out on me. So what are you calling him for? I understand that's your brother-in-law, but don't call that nigga on account of me. And Cam tells her that. She's like, man, fuck him and fuck you too if you call him. And Elle is forever trying to be the peacemaker. She's like, you know, just give him some time, Cam. He feels bad. He feels responsible. He and Power, they're real men. They take their responsibilities as men very seriously. It's natural for him to feel like he failed you. And Cameron, she don't want to have this conversation. She's like, I don't need you to be his cheerleader and try to get me to understand anything. So she forces a bite of rice and pushes the plate away. And Elle is like, that's it? That's all you're going to eat? And basically, yeah. So she's like, all right, you think this shit a game. So she gets her phone and starts dialing. And Cameron is like, you know, I'll eat, I'll eat. But I'm like, oh, that nigga can come up here all he wants to. And when I'm done uh, cussing his ass out, I'm going to cuss you out too. And I'm going to ban both of y'all from my hospital room. So what's up? I don't care. Mm -mm. I don't do that. Especially if I told you I don't want somebody else. If you try to force me to do anything, it's a wrap. But anyway, Rule walks into her hospital room with a brand new plate from a restaurant that she loves. Because she said she couldn't eat the hospital food. So they got her outside food. So, he climbs into the bed with her and, you know, he starts to feed her. And it's just like, I couldn't, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I don't know if it's Chuck, but I'd flip that whole fucking plate over and tell that nigga, get off me and get the fuck out of my room. But anyway, so while they're having this little moment, the door opens and her former stepfather, Anthony, walks in. And she's like, you know, how did you know I was here? Nigga, ain't you on the run? You ain't even supposed to be here. But he tells her, you know, I have eyes on you at all time. And I need to talk to you. I can't stay long. So basically the conversation is him telling her, you know, you're done. This is what I needed to kick you out anyway. And I'm doing this because I love you. And she gives him the key because to, I guess, get to a safe or something like that i forgot what the key was for but anyway as he's walking out she's like wait a minute how did marcel know about me no one was supposed to know about me like power and rule didn't even know malachi and malik didn't know and they used to run this city so how did a nobody like marcel know and anthony was considering doing business with diana and this pisses cameron off she's like so you were gonna replace me why didn't you tell me and he's like, you know, I don't know. It was just a thought I had. And, oh, no, he tells her, because I knew you wouldn't stand down willingly. So you were just going to open, openly replace me because I wouldn't stand down. Like, nigga, the fuck are you talking about? 
Power goes over to Rule's house to check on him. And Rule has just been getting drunk. And, you know, he walks away from Power because he doesn't want to hear a lecture about how drinking, smoking, and locking himself inside of his house was not how he should be handling all the unwanted emotions that he's been having. And Power tells him, you know, you can't do this. I know that that was a low blow for you, but Cam jumped in front of that bullet herself. And she doesn't blame you, so you have to stop blaming you. You know, she's going home today. No, you didn't know because you haven't been up there to see her. She told me not to come. You know, he's slurring his words, but he's like, you know, she told me not to come. And it's just like, any other time you didn't listen, why are you listening now? And like I said, this nigga is drunk. He's like, did she, did she like her flowers? Is she mad? Like, nigga, what do you think? Of course she's mad. And he's like, you know, I sent her flowers. I love her so much. So fucking much. If you love her, go be with her. She wants you. Not no damn flowers. Can you, can you call her and see if she like the flowers power? That rhymes. Flowers and power. Powers, flowers. Power. Call about the flowers. Flowers. And it's like, nigga, shut up. <laughs> but it's so funny, though. So, you know, after him not shutting up about these flowers and wanting to call her, power calls her. And she's like, you know, what's up? And power tells her, you know, he just wanted to know if you got the flowers and if you liked them. I got them. They still at the hospital, though. And he's like, Cameron, he broke up with me, Power. I don't want shit from him but him. If he can't give me him, I don't want anything else that he has to offer. Tell his drunk ass that. And then she asks him to, you know, talk some sense into rule. I don't want us to be over. And tell him the sunflowers and red roses mixed together and those bouquets were beautiful. The perfect mix of us. Perfect. And tell him, even though I hate his ass right now, I still love him. And I just wanted a, a quick little side note about the flowers. Roses and sunflowers, they look so beautiful together. That perfect mix of red and yellow, it is really good. So anyway... Um, when Cameron gets home, her dad is there and she asks her mom, you know, like, what is that? What is he doing here? And her mom says that he wanted to see her, but she's like, did he? Cause he didn't show up to the hospital. And I feel the same way. It's like, nigga, I was shot and you didn't come up to the hospital to see me. But of course he walked out to life. Can you really expect him to do anything right? So anyway, um, when they get up to the door, Edward tells Mama Brenda that he needs to talk to her. So don't try to leave like you normally do. I'm like, Edward, Edward, I will beat your ass out here. Stop playing with me. So um, anyway, he tries to ask her what's going on. And she's like, I'm not talking about this with you. And. You know, he's like, can I just ask if the person uh, responsible is in jail? And she's like, I'll do you even one better. He did. 
So Power has held on to Diana for two weeks. And now Cameron is traveling up to his cabin to see her. And as soon as she gets in the door, Power pulls her back and says, use the silencer. So Cameron pulls out her gun and she attaches the silencer. And, you know, she just starts talking shit. She tells Diana, you know what? I'm not even fucked up about you trying to come for me professionally. I understand that. That was just business. I didn't take that personally. Had you succeeded, I would have taken that as a loss and pressed forward. Had you failed, that just would have been yes. But you know what fucked with me? And Diana won't answer. So Cameron is laughing. And she's like, Rule warned you while we were in Vegas that he was no longer interested in you, didn't he? And then... When we saw you out, he told you that he was committed to me, didn't he? I could have beat your ass then, but I restrained myself. But you couldn't take the hint, so you try and hit us professionally. Now he doesn't want to be with me anymore because he's sick over the stunt that you and that bitch nigga pulled. You took him away from me, so now I have to kill you. And for some idiotic reason, Diana is trying to bargain. Telling her, you know, we could have took over Memphis. There there ain't no other women in the game like us. We could take over, baby. We both bad as fuck, smart as hell, knowledgeable of the game. Fuck with me. It's like, girl, are you d- I'm not really mom, but are you dumb? Like, girl, what are you- d And Cameron laughs at her because she's like, okay, had you approached me like that in the beginning, we might have been able to make something work. But you came at me like a bitch. You have to go. And so, Diana decides to test her gangster. She's like, you ain't got the heart to shoot me. So, Cameron smiles, and she shoots her in them damn kneecaps again. She says, my knees were already, like, she's screaming, but she's like, my knees were already sore. Duh, bitch, that's the point. I want to make you suffer. I'm not here to kill you quickly. But, um, you know, she just keeps talking, and Diana tries to apologize, but Cameron says, shut up. And so then Power has to step in. And Cameron is crying and trembling. And, you know, she's like, she's the reason. She's the reason why I can't have him. And Power's like, you know, it's okay. And he takes the gun away from her. And he's like, you know, I'll finish. And she tells him, like, you know, I need to see him. But Power just tells her, you know, he's going through it right now. I don't know if he will want to see you in the state that he's in. She's like, I don't care. I have to see him. So, and over the last two weeks, you know, he slipped into a depression. And he has Yancey, like, running his illegal business. And he didn't even go to the nonprofit class that... She signed him up for. He's just been in bed, not eating, drinking. And so when he sees Cameron in his house, because he thought it was power that was coming, because that's the only person that comes into his house and checks on him. When he sees Cameron, you know, tears come to his eyes. And she gets him to get out of bed and takes him to the shower and basically cleans him up. She washes every area of his body and, you know, then she rubs him down with cocoa butter. She brushed his teeth, washed his face. She shaves him 
trim, uh, trims his nails. She even massages his hands and feet. She put him in the bed of his guest room because, you know, she got to wash the covers from his bed in his bedroom. And she even cooked him dinner. She fed him in everything. That's love. Like, I'm just sitting here in admiration because just the thought of doing that, doing all of that for somebody, that's love for real. But anyway, um, and you know, afterwards, she's going to take his plate in the kitchen, but he stops her and tells you, you know, put the plate on the table. So she's thinking she's gotten to him and he's filling her up, but then he freezes when he feels the bandage on her back from her shooting and just that quickly he shuts back down and tells her you know you should go and she's like are you serious i just need a little more time to do what to sulk so once again he tells her you know you should go and she says i'm telling you now if you reject me there will be no second chance to give me back and you know he's wallowing in self-pity so he's like you know i don't deserve a second chance I never took you as a coward rule, but I guess I was wrong. So, you know, she goes to get her clothes and puts them back on. And she leaves out of his life. Why aren't you smiling? That was a text that Rule, you know, sent her all the time. And even during the time they've been apart, he's had it sitting basically like in a draft to send to her but he won't send it so l comes to pay him a visit and the first thing she says is i want to know why that's all i want to know i just want to know why why would you force her to open up to you and trust you just for you to fuck her over did she not tell you what she had to watch her mother go through how that shaped her mentality and had her afraid to love and lose to be rejected she told me then how could you do just that how could you push her away? Do you know how much damage what you did is going to cause? Do you know how hard it is going to be for her to let another man in? And I guess that didn't click in his head. Like she was just never going to be with anybody else again. And because he says, yes, he broke up with her, but it wasn't for her to be with somebody else. And it's like, what you what you mean? And he's like, what you mean another nigga? She fucking with somebody else already? What does it matter? You don't want her. And for some reason, he is confused. He's like, what makes you think I don't want her? Uh, how about the fact that you broke up with her? And the fact that she came over here and basically catered to you. And you still kicked her out. And Elle just tells him, you know, she's not going to wait forever. She's not going to give you multiple opportunities to prove that she can't trust you with her. She's going to move on. And she's going to go back to her old ways of having multiple niggas at her disposal. So I'm going to ask you this. Do you love my cousin? You know I do. Do you want to be with her or not? I do. Then you better get on your shit before it's too late. You rejected her three times. If you don't act soon, that's it. And after that, he's done. He's like, you know what? I appreciate you for stopping by. You can go. But she leaves with a warning. She's like, the next time you hurt my cousin, I'm going to fuck you up. I've trusted you with her. I told her to go after you. I swore you were a good dude. And he's like, man, a nigga ain't entitled to a weak moment. You've been tripping for weeks. What you mean a weak moment? 
But he tells her, you know, you just better make sure she don't go out with no other niggas while I re-prepare myself for her. I know she's going to give me a hard time, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get my baby back. I miss her. I know I've been tripping. And it's like, of course, nigga. What is you, idiot? So after, you know, L leaves, he sits back and he thinks about it and realizes what he's throwing away. So... He's thinking that that text is going to get the conversation rolling between them. So he sends it, but he doesn't get any respect, uh, response. You know, he's waiting for her to text back, waiting for her to FaceTime him, but she doesn't. And he called her, but she doesn't answer. In fact, it went straight to voicemail. So I'm pretty sure he's blocked. So at this point, he's thinking, you know, what have I done? Exactly. Nigga, what have you done? So because Elle went to go talk to Rule, Power is going to talk to Cameron and he took her to the Waffle House. Have I been to the Waffle House? I don't think I have. I've never been to the Waffle House. And so while they sit down, you know, Cameron's like, why are we here? And she's like, okay, well, start talking. He's like, no, I'm waiting for you to get some food in you. If you're anything like your cousin, you mean as hell when you're hungry. So <laughs> that got her to smile and loosen up. And he tells her, you know, there's something I want you to know about Rule and I. So the parents that she known, known them to have, those are not their biological parents. Um, When Rule was nine, their house was robbed and two masked men masked men came in and trashed the place but before they left they um sexually assaulted their mother and their father tried to stop them but the second robber put like well not both of them let me rephrase that one man sexually assaulted their mother and you know when the dad tried to stop it, the second robber put a gun to his head and the dad, you know, just fell back. So they all had to watch. Oh my God, that is so hard. Like, I, mm, to even say. And then, you know, she fought, but the man was too strong. And when it was over, their dad was never the same. He just shut down. He stopped talking. He stopped coming home. He stopped working. He started doing drugs, but when he was clean, he drilled into their heads that he wasn't a man, that a real man provides and protects his woman. And if you don't do those two things, then you aren't a man. And eventually their mom got tired of putting up with his poisonous attitude and his actions. So she tried to leave. And when she tried to leave, he was drunk and high, so he was paranoid, and they fought, and he shot her. Then he committed suicide, so it was a murder-suicide. And their parents, as Cameron know, Muhammad and Evelyn, adopted them and, you know, tries to uh, tried to raise them up to be respectable. And when Muhammad found them, they were on the street trying to sell dope. And he thought making them focus on school and college would keep them out the streets. But they basically got into the lifestyle anyway. And so when she was shot, that just brought up all those old memories and unresolved issues that neither of them have dealt with or wanted to deal with. So 
he's just trying to explain to her, you know, that's where his his head is. And he needs you right now. He fought for you. I need you to fight for him. And she tells Power, you know, I'd give anything to heal him of that pain, but he won't let me. And I can't damage myself trying to heal his wounds. His letting me go. I can't take that. I want to help him and love him and esteem him and make him believe he's all the man I'll ever need. But I can't take him rejecting me again. But I give you my word, if he comes to me and shows me that he's committed to never letting me go again, I won't give him too hard of a time when he tries to get me back. And that makes Power smile. He like, really? Too hard of a time? Yeah, I got to make him sweat a little bit so he won't do this bullshit again. So if he was to meet us here for breakfast, and she's like, no, I'm not ready to see him yet. So tell him not to come. So it's the first day of the school year for Cameron and Rule texts her again that why aren't you smiling text. But this time she texts back and says because you're a douche. And then he's FaceTiming her. She declines and texts him back and says, I'm not ready to see you. You know, you hurt my feelings. So he continues to try to FaceTime her until she makes it to the school and finally she accepts right before she's supposed to go in and he doesn't look like how she found him at his house he looks back to normal and she says you know well don't you look better yeah i had an angel come over a couple days ago to strengthen me then her devil of a cousin came over here threatening me and she's smiling even though she doesn't want to so she's like man what do you want i want you i want us I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. I'm sorry for pushing you away and rejecting you. I just, I had a lot of demons and unresolved issues that you getting shot brought up. I didn't know how to handle that. And, you know, then he tells her, you know, I'll let you go. I didn't mean to get too deep on you. I know it's your first day of class and I wanted to send you some positive vibes <laughs> before you start dealing with them badass kids. Ooh, child. Ooh, children get on my nerves. Anyway. But he tells her, I'm not trying to get you back right now. I'm still working through some things, but I'm coming what, coming for what belongs to me soon. And this makes her smile again because she's happy that he's taking the time to work through some things. But and she's willing to help. So he says, I love you. And she says, I love you, too. And so she's going to school, you know, like now she could start her day with. A smile on her face I'm for lack of better words but anyway um a man is at her door he's the new african-american histories teacher and he offers to take her out to lunch and at first she tries to you know resist and say no no thank you thinking that that would be disrespectful to rule but then she thinks about it and she's like fine because he won't let it go and so he offers to go to a restaurant that's right up the street after school and they can bring their lesson plans and they can talk over a bite to eat. So she says fine. And then she also texts Elle telling her, you know, where she's going, who she's going to be with and to call her 15 minutes into their lunch date. So that gives her a reason to leave. Three minutes into her lunch date with 
the history's teacher, his name is Leonard. Rule is walking past the windows into the shop. And Cameron is pissed off again. Man, I wouldn't tell Elle shit. Because she knows that Elle told Power about her text. And of course, Power is going to call Rule and tell him. So she's like, uh-oh. So Leonard, like, you know, what's wrong? And she's looking at Rule walk up to their table. And this makes her happy because she's like, yeah, my man back. But, um, and this also makes her think like, damn, maybe I should have went out with another nigga a long time ago. If that would have, uh, you know, made him snap out of whatever he was going through. So when Rule gets to the table, he tells her, man, get the fuck up. And she's smiling, saying, you know, Rule, don't be rude. You think this shit funny? And he grabs her arm, like, pulling her out of her seat. And I didn't agree with that because it's like, hold on, fam. Don't don't be snatching me up like that. And so Leonard gets up and he's like, you don't have to put your hands on her. Would you rather I put them on you? Because I will. Sit your ass down and let me handle my woman. But you said you weren't coming for me yet because you had to get your shit together. So? That ain't permission for you to fuck around with other niggas. And, like, at this point, this nigga is yelling. It's like, damn, you really mad, huh? What you thought I was going to do? Just sit around waiting for you? I think not. And so, um, then he says, you know, who is he? And she tells him a teacher. So, he stops. And he's like, for real? What's his name? And she's like, why? He's like, man, girl, tell me his name. I'm going to get him transferred to another school. She's like, you can't do that. I'm the king of Memphis, baby. I can do whatever I want. So you're just going to get rid of every nigga that likes me at the school? Oh, there's more? Give me a list. By the time I'm done, it won't be nothing but women and old people at that school. And she's like, you know, you can't do that. You just have to trust me. Besides, you broke up with me. And that nigga like, okay, well, now we unbroken up. And it's like, nigga, what is unbroken up? And she's like, you can't do that just because you don't want to see me with somebody else. Why not? Ain't that the point of life and love? To find someone you can't be without? Someone you don't want to share? You're my woman and I'm your man. Let me catch you out here having lunch with another nigga again. I don't care if it's the principal. Y'all better discuss whatever y'all got to discuss at school and in front of other people with some crackers if you that hungry. Play with me if you want to. And so he slams the door of the car and she loves it. That's all she wanted though. She wanted her man back and she got him back. So good for her. So they're going out on a date, and she wanted to look cute for her man. She done flat ironed her hair. She wore a red dress for him. So they just vibe, and it's so cute. And, you know, while they're having a talk at the restaurant, she tells him, I want you to hear me and hear me good, because I don't ever want you to slip into that headspace again. Because he basically tells her the story that Power already told her so I don't want to retell that story but anyway she tells him you know you are a man you're my man I don't want you to measure yourself against what your father or anyone else says if anything I took away your opportunity to protect me because I jumped in front of you that didn't make you less of a man that made you the man I was willing to die for but now I need you to live for me with me can you do that yes baby i can do that for you girl anyway uh <laughs> so you know they're they're back on track 
So the two lovebirds spend the night together and they reestablish that they're both done with the game. They're out at this point and there's no going back. So the next morning, Rule takes her home so she can get ready for work. And they're both surprised by her dad walking out of her house with a smile on his face. And she's confused. But Rule asks her, you know, how would you feel if they got back together after all these years? And that's something she always wanted as a kid. But, you know... I guess it's too late for that. I don't know. Um, And plus, him, like, what he did has turned her into the person she feels she is now. Who's messed up, untrusting, paranoid, cold-hearted, fearful. And Rule's like, but I've removed all of that out of your life. So if they got back together, you know, how would you feel about that? But anyway, so they make plans for later... Power and rule, I mean, power and L, God, invited them over for dinner. And so she's like, yeah, that's fine. And he's like, you know, it's at seven, so I need you to be ready by six. And she's like, what? Why? It takes you forever to get ready. Just be ready by 630. (sighs) Oh, excuse me. And... So she gets in the house talking to her mom, you know, like, why was he over here? And he says the the reason why Victoria wanted Cameron to start coming around is because he's been unhappy lately. And she thought that he wanted a divorce and that he wants Mama Brenda back. So she thought if she got along with Cameron, you know, that would show edward that she's committed to making their marriage work and it's just like see told you bitch still racist but she just didn't want to lose her husband but mama brenda promises she's not going back because he's a married man and she doesn't want to do that to his kids but i'm like okay every time he leaves a woman that don't mean he gotta abandon the children too like he can still be a father even if y'all did decide to get back together um But Mama Brenda says, you know, your father is a good man, but our time has passed. Does he know that? He knows, but he doesn't want to accept it. He waited over two decades to decide he wants to fight with me, uh, fight for me. Isn't that what you always wanted? Not 20 damn years later, girl. No. And she says you know i don't condone divorce i wouldn't feel comfortable even considering about possibly maybe giving us a chance unless she left or cheated on him and if she's trying to make things work with you that's obviously not gonna happen i'm fine with that just knowing that he loved me all these years is enough for me and it's like is it really because it wouldn't be enough for me it's just like okay you've loved me all these years but you weren't with me so is that really love You ran and hid. That's not love. You didn't fight for me at all. And now you think you just want to slide back in? Like, if you don't get your white ass out of here. So anyway, the next day at work, Leonard shows up angry to Cameron's class and says, so you use me? She's like, no. Then what do you call using me to get back at your boyfriend? 
but she didn't use you though. Like you were the one that was persistently asking her out for a lunch date, even though she tried to refuse. So how are you going to flip it off on her? And he's like, so I'm supposed to believe that you had nothing to do with me getting fired. And she's like, no, what did the principal say? And his story is he didn't even get fired at first. The principal told him he was going to be transferred. He refused. So then he was fired. It's like, so it's not like he got yourself fired, not me. And Cameron is like, well, I'm sorry that happened, but you just should have went to another school. It's not my fault that you refused and now you got fired. And so anyway, later on that night, by the time Rule and Cameron make it to Power and Elle's house, they're both upset with each other. And Rule made Cameron leave the house with only half of her hair flat ironed because she was taking too long. And so she goes to the bathroom to wet her whole head and he being petty. He like, I like it like that anyway. And so throughout, I guess, excuse me, while Ella's still cooking, they're making small talk, but she's ignoring him until Elle tells her, you know, come fix rules plate and put it on the table. And as she's walking by him, she bumps into him and he puts his hand around her waist and says, you know, I want some babies that look like you. Get off your birth control. You ain't even married me yet. You know I'm going to marry you eventually. Then I'll give you some babies eventually. Is this your way of apologizing? And it's like, apologize for what? I told you to be ready at 6.30. You yelled at me. And you carried me out the house with half of my damn hair done. I didn't yell at you. And, you know, she tries to walk away again. He's like, fine. I'm sorry for yelling at you. But next time I say be ready at 6.30, can you at least try? You didn't start putting on your makeup and clothes until seven. Oh, I'd be pissed. Until seven? And they were supposed to be there at seven? And she apologizes too. But I'm like, girl, if you don't get the fuck out of here. I, nah, that would have been a real fight. Because it's like, we supposed to be there at seven and you didn't even really start to get ready until seven. Like, girl, this is a dinner date. This ain't a house party or, you know, a family get together. Be on time. Cameron is hosting her second workshop and what should be an exciting event is kind of starting off creepy because Leonard left her card and flower on top of her trunk. And so Elle tells her, you know, you need to tell Rule about this. And so she calls Rule and has to tell him about Leonard approaching her yesterday. And he's like, you know, something must have happened for you to be telling me today about what happened yesterday. And so she tells him about the flowers and the card. And he tells her, you know, leave them outside by the door. I'm going to have somebody come and pick them up. And I'm picking you up from now on and taking you to work. And he's like, you know, I want you to go to our house when you're done. And then I'll take you to get some clothes from your home. And she's like, but that's not our crib. That's your spot. And he's like, man, I ain't got time to argue with you about that. Uh, excuse me about that right now. We'll talk about that later. So Braille is back and Cameron asks for her little backstory. And we find out her mother's name is Josephine. So she plans on asking Edward about that because they just look so much alike. She's pretty sure that they're related in somehow. So, Rule and Power go to the address that's listed in Leonard's file, but the home is vacant and look 
and looks as if no one has lived there for years. So Cameron gets a call from her mom asking her, you know, if she's had the mail for the past two days. And she's like, you know, no, I don't have it. So her mom says she's going to go to the post office to see what's going on because it's like, why don't we have any mail? And she's finding that a bit strange. So Rule asks her, you know, do you want to put your mom up somewhere until we find this nigga and find out what's going on? And Cam's like, no, she won't go anyway. So we're not even going to do that. But she says she will see if her dad will pop up on her, you know, just to look after her. And, but her mom is a nurse who works from eight o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night. So she's really worried about at night and maybe her dad can stay the night. What about his wife? I'll let him figure that out. All I can do is ask. So if he says no, then Rule is going to have to stay at their house, but he's going to have to sleep in the guest room because her mama don't play that. And so... He asked her, you know, did you get off birth control like I asked? Did you give me a proposal that I wasn't aware of? And for some reason, he's still on that. I'll marry you eventually. So then you're going to get these kids eventually. I want my license first. And she says, okay, but until we sign that license, I ain't having no babies. I just need that security. I know that won't stop you from leaving if you decide, but at least I'll feel like less of a fool if I waited and you did. And this upsets him a little bit because he's like, am I not doing enough for you to believe that you're all I want and need? And she's like, no, but I just want that security. I don't know how else to explain it. And he says, I guess that's better than you saying you don't want marriage and kids at all. Because I wanted to strangle strangle your ass in Vegas when you said it. And it's, it's like, nigga, you didn't even know her at that point, but you saw her getting married and having babies. And so... When she goes home, she sees that her dad is actually there, which surprises her. And he's like, but didn't you ask me to come over here? And she's like, yeah, but I didn't expect you to actually come. And he tells her, you know, anything I can do for makeup, to make up for the years I wasn't around, I'm going to do for both of you. What about your wife? She left me. And it's like, oh, so that's why you're coming around now, because you, you, your wife left. Like, nigga, I don't understand it. And I, I get it. Some people are very forgiving and they can let that go. But I don't think I could. I'm like, oh, you don't get to just decide you want to come back now. That's not how this works. But anyway, um, he tells her, you know, his wife's mother convinced her that leaving him would show him basically what he's missing. So Cameron asks, you know, do you want her to come back? And he shrugs his shoulders. I'm used to her, so I wouldn't mind if she did. But I want your mother. Always have and clearly always will. And so this, she figures, is the perfect time to ask about Josephine. Do you know any Josephines? Why do you ask? And it's just like, nigga, you stay avoiding answering a question. Do you know her or not? And so he says, yes. And they get into him having like a little fling with a woman who he told that she looked like his love that he always wanted. And she basically did the same thing. So they were using each other 
And so she's like, you know, did you use a condom? And he says, I don't think so. And so she's like, so you have me, Layla, Lonnie, and Braille, a 16-year-old, gray-eyed, wild-haired teenager. And this is news to him because Josephine ain't told him nothing about no baby, ain't said shit about no baby. So it's just like, I ain't got no other child out there that I don't know about. But anyway, when uh, Cameron and her mom get to the post office, they find out that somebody put a request to hold their mail for a month and they couldn't tell them who did it. So it's basically like, okay, we could take the hold off, but somebody just, and it's just like, how does that happen? Who got all the information like that to put in a request? Because I'm pretty sure you just can't say, hey, hold the mail for that address over there. Like, who the hell are you? But anyway, because he can see that she's irritated. Rule puts together a cuddle kit. Oh, my God. I need a rule in my life. Like, Jesus. Anyway, so he puts inside of a straw basket two movies, a box of popcorn, her favorite white chocolate Godiva candy, and a bottle of birthday cake wine. I'm pretty sure that tastes so good. Anyway, he gave her a key to his place, you know, so she can let herself in whenever. But he just asks, you know, call and let me know when you're on your way. So when she does, he has rose petals and sunflower petals sprinkled on the floor leading up to his bedroom. He has incense and candles burning. And as soon as she opens the door, he cuts on a Neo Soul playlist that he created. And it's just like, oh my, can I please just jump in the book and experience this for just a little while, Jesus. So anyway, when she sees everything, she starts crying because it's just like, how are you this thoughtful to do things like this for me? You are constantly doing things for me. And you always say it's no big deal when it's a big damn deal. But anyway, he tells her, you know, go take a shower and then come unwind with me. And she's like, I'll be back in three minutes. Have all your clothes off. He's like, man, I had a plan. We was going to watch movies and eat pop. She's like, I ain't trying to hear none of that. When I come out this bathroom, be naked. Like, yeah, you went through the effort and that's all I'm asking for is effort. So we about to get it on and pop it. Edward asks... Cameron to set up a meeting with Braille and her mom and you know she says all I can do is ask and now Rule and Power are at a guy named Ricky's house that works for them that he can find anything on anybody so when he pulls up Leonard Jennings Rule is like who is that he's like you know that's the guy you pulled up he's like no it ain't that nigga is old and fat Leonard is a chocolate skinny young nigga which I know this is the author because no man is describing another man like that I don't care and this ain't even about being gay anybody describing nobody like that anyway and so he says they must be using Leonard's name the guy Ricky says, because this is Leonard Jenkins. I've got a pull of his fingerprints. And he's like, so you mean to tell me that he done stole somebody's ident- identity? And the guy Ricky says, well, that's what it looks like. And he calls Cameron to let her know and tells her, you know, 
we got to think this through because he might be myself second in command. And that's probably why he didn't want to leave the school because, you know, he was there trying to keep an eye on her. And you know what? I miss, I keep doing that. But anyway, um, he tells her, you know, take Braille home, then you go home. And she says, you know, I'm not calling that my home until we're married and after you let me redecorate. He's like, you know, it's whatever you want to do. You can redecorate today for all I care, as long as you know that's your home. So they're about to hang up with each other. Then Cameron yells out, what the fuck? So he's like, you know, what's what's going on? And he's about to rush to his car until he remembers that he rolled with power. So he got to wait on him. And Cameron says, you know, somebody fucked up my car. All my tires, excuse me, all my tires have been slashed and my car was keyed. And so she starts basically cussing out the people outside. Like none of y'all motherfuckers saw somebody fucking up my shit. And Rule tells her, man, calm your crazy ass down. Cause let one of them niggas say some slick shit to you and I ain't around you. You know, I'm gonna try to climb through this phone. I'll get your car fixed. Y'all go outside and wait for us to get there. So to get her mind off all the drama that's going through her life right now, Rule takes Cameron furniture shopping, you know, so when she decides she wants to decorate and he pays for everything and he pays the store to hold all the furniture until they're ready for it. And so when they get to her house and they're hugging outside of the car, she asks, when are we bringing the furniture home? When do you want to? After we're married. It's like, girl, you just had me buy all this fucking furniture. Anyway, so he asks her, how long is it going to take to get that birth control out of your system? And she's like, you know, I don't know. Why are you asking? I need to know when to make you get off of it because I want to line it up with my proposal so I can get you pregnant on our honeymoon. And, you know that's one of the best things she's ever heard and she's like oh so i know as soon as you tell me that we're gonna get married it's like yeah girl anyway um edward tells cameron that he's getting a divorce and so she's like what about the kids he gets to keep them his wife or ex-wife now will have them on the weekend and that's perfect because it lines up with the school year with Braille and he'll have her on the weekend and whenever she wants to come see him. And, you know, because he knows that she's a teenager, she got her own life and her own business going on, but he's leaving the door open for communication. And so she's, uh, Cameron says, you know, that's good as long as you're getting what you want. I want your mother and you. And she calls him dad and he clutches at his heart. I don't think I've ever heard you call me that. And I wouldn't have called him that right then and there. But you know, that's me. I'm not going to do that though. But my dad is great. My dad ain't no fuck boy. So hey. Anyway, so Cameron is packing yet another spend a night bag. And her mama asks, you know, when are y'all getting married? Because I'm not approving of this shacking up. And Cameron says, that's out of my control, Ma. I'm waiting on him. No, see, that's where you're wrong. That's where a lot of women are wrong. Everything is in your control. From the beginning, 
from the beginning, the man pursues, but the power and the choice is yours. If you want that ring on your finger, stop having sex with him and come back home and watch how quickly he gets some act right. He's in no rush to propose because you're giving him hu husband benefits while he's just a boyfriend. I bet you're cooking and cleaning too, aren't you? And she has to sit back and think like, damn, yes, I do. See, stay here for a week or two and watch what happens. So she's like, she nods and, you know, she's agreeing with her mom. But she notices that a black tenant car has passed by their house twice. She texts Rule to let him know and he tells her, you know, get in the house and get your mama away from the front of the house and don't come out until I come for you. So she gets her mom downstairs to find some pictures of her as a kid, you know, under the guise of telling her mom she's going to show them to Braille. And she also tells her mom that she's staying there because what her mama said then, you know, resonated with her in her head. So anyway, Rule gets to the end of Cameron Street, you know, to see if he can see the black Honda again. And then he follows, you know, but far back enough so it doesn't look suspicious. He calls Yancey to tell him, you know, what's going on. And what he's doing in case he's following him into a trap. And they follow the black Honda to Leonard uh, Jennings' house. The real Leonard Jennings. So after 30 minutes, the fake Leonard comes back out and he leaves. And he has Yancey and Brandon follow him in the car while he and uh, Power go knock on the door. So the real Leonard opens the door and Rule has his gun and says, who just left your house? That was my son. What has he done now? And he's just like, damn, that's fucked up when you got to ask what he done did now. And, you know, they want to know, like, what is his name? His name is Maurice. He's like, does he owe you some drugs, some money? I thought when his brother died, he'd leave them streets alone. And so Rule, I guess, puts it together. Like, who is his brother? Marcel? Dad's like, how do you know? And he's like, you know, where is he going? He's going home to his address. And the dad act like he don't want to give up the um information. And Power says, you know how the streets work, right? And he nods. And it's like, so you know he about to go join his brother. And the dad says, Maurice is a good kid. He was just trying to follow in his brother's footsteps. So when Marcel was murdered, he thought if he didn't revenge, it would be like disrespecting his brother. And Rule is like, I understand that, but I can't let this slide. But the dad is begging and pleading. He's like, you know, what can I do? How can we work this out? I can't lose him. He's all I got left. Marcel is gone. Their mother is gone. He's all I got. We'll leave. We'll leave Memphis and I'll make sure he doesn't bother you again. And it's like, if the roles were reversed and we said that to you, would you believe us? And he's like, no, and I get it, but I give you my word. I won't go to the police. I'll keep my son away from you. Like, please, just just don't do it. And, you know, Rule looks at power. He's like, man, I'm not with all the bloodshed, but we got to do what we got to do to protect Cameron. And Rule says, you know, fine. I'll let him live. But if he tries me in any way... I'm coming back for the both of y'all. So you better get your son in check. So Cameron has been at home for 11 days before Rule calls her telling her, you know, you got to stay with me for at least one night. But she stands firm 
And, you know, as she promised her mom, she wouldn't fold. But uh, Rua tells her, you know, I'll take you to Vegas. Vegas, come on, let's have a weekend getaway trip. And pretty soon it's going to be time for Elle to leave Memphis for California because she's starting a uh, choreographed position for So You Think You Can Dance. And Power got a little attitude because his wife leaving. But he's looking up places out in California for the weekend, you know, when he doesn't have to teach at a school. So Cameron is just thinking about these type of things as they're driving. But she notices that Rule passes the airport. So she asks him, you know, where are you taking me? He says, you'll see. So 15 minutes later, they're pulling up into an empty acre of land. And Cameron asks, you know, how many acres is this? Who land is this? This would be the best place for a barn and a garden. I don't see any houses for miles. So whoever owns this could build their dream home from scratch. It's seven points, uh, I mean, 3.73 acres. And that's what I was thinking when I drove past this place a couple of days ago. It's enough land to build a couple of houses out here. Is that something you'd want? And she's looking at him. And then looking around and she's like, I'd love for us. I, I'd love for us to build our home. That would be awesome. And we can have a, a barn with lots of animals. Absolutely. And gardens, whatever you want. Then we have to buy some land like this. I know you're not going to let me, but I can afford to pay half. And he's like, you know, you don't have to do that. I already bought this. And she's like, what? What you talking about? This is our land. I rode by here a couple of days ago when I was coming back from the car auction. And he says, you know, I drove past it and I thought, this is a lot of land. I could build my baby a home that we can raise our kids in and she'll still have enough space for her animals and all that fresh food she's going to grow. And Cameron is jumping up and down and she's like, you didn't warn me. You didn't tell me to get off my birth control. That's what makes this a surprise. And he pulls a ring out of his pocket or the box out of his pocket. And he tries to get down on one knee, but Cameron stops him. And he's like, will you let me do this? I'm scared. And it's like, <laughs> girl, this is what you wanted. But, um, okay, here's his proposal. When I met you, Cam, I wanted you. Then I couldn't stand your ass. But that only made me want you even more. Day after day that we spent together in Vegas allowed me to pull back the layers of your heart and see you for who you really are. A beautiful, stubborn, strong, submissive, crazy, corny, smart, and passionate sweetheart. You accepted me in ways no one has before. And I knew the day we had lunch at the top of the world that I would spend the rest of my life chasing you to give you mine if I had to. Thankfully, it didn't take that long, but I promised I would have. So I said all of that to say, I done bought this land and it needs to be filled. You gonna marry me and give me babies now or what? <laughs> and niggas, I love niggas. <laughs> but anyway, she, uh, she like throws herself at him and kisses all over his face. He's like, so is that a yes? Yes, yes, yes. And that is the end of part two. And I hope to see you guys back tomorrow for part three. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.